TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Here's the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face. Mark Grody. I call him a maniac. Stone maniac. Covering the Bears for 670 the score. You had to overcome the mystique. It was almost like an odor. He exuded a kind of a presence. His whole damn life was football. Wasn't driving a pretty car. Wasn't going to the local bar and pounding your chest, I'm the greatest. It was the opposite. Mark Grody. He was Moby Dick in a goldfish bowl. Mark Grody with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Moby Dick and Mark Grody from the Combine in Indianapolis. He saw six-year-old Tyrese Halliburton in person last night. (laughs) He was born on this day, February 29th. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Yeah, it was uh, an impressive performance by Halliburton and Zion Williamson. He can get to the basket anytime he wants. He just doesn't always finish, and sometimes he doesn't make his threes. But it was... uh, quite an experience last night in Indianapolis glad you enjoyed it back to work today uh what was the story of uh, the combine today yeah another full day gentlemen and we are going to hear from some safeties and the Bears could use a safety or two with Eddie Jackson gone we're going to hear from um, a cornerback as well and some of this A lot of it is going to be Bears-centric. Some of it's going to be Caleb Williams-centric, and we're going to get to that here in a second. But I do want to start with, I had a great conversation today with NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. And obviously, we were talking a lot about Justin Fields and potential trade scenarios. But I thought one of the most interesting parts of what he said, and this is is pretty long, but I think worthwhile um, from Pelissero on really just to sum it up the uniqueness of the Caleb Williams situation he's been a professional quarterback for multiple years already he's made millions and millions of dollars he doesn't feel the need to play along with the entire dog and pony show here that's the reason he came in a day later than all the other quarterbacks he's not throwing he's not running he's not working out he's not even doing the medical which you talk to veteran scouts, nobody really remembers a player, not including the COVID year because that was different. There wasn't really a combine. Yeah. Nobody remembers a player who just is saying, I'm not doing it. You look to other sports like the NBA, it's been like over a decade since a top pick went through the combine for the NBA. So he's not doing something that's never been done, but he yeah. is doing things that have not been done in the NFL. I think that a big part of it is going to be figuring out, because listen, you know that he's an incredibly dynamic player. But is he going to, number one, ramp up quickly enough as a player 
that none of this other stuff matters. And number two, is all this other stuff going to be things that, again, as a guy who's been a professional essentially since he was 18 years old and whose dad has been a big influence in terms of like setting him up and the branding and the business and all that stuff, is he going to be able to manage all that when now you hand him an even larger check and come into the NFL? It seems like he's a very mature kid who has been around it through his whole life and done the quarterback camps growing up. He's been groomed for this moment, but you still want to know. Um, you just want to know who you're bringing into the building. There's nothing wrong. There's no deep, dark secrets with him. It's more so he's doing so many things differently, not having an agent, a lot of non-football people, the brand. He's got, a, I think, a male grooming product. He's got all kinds of different things. Is football the number one thing, and is he going to be a guy who you're going to be looking back five years from now and saying there should never have been a question he was the number one pick is the medical thing just a power play i'm not going to do it because i don't have to or do you think it's like oh well they might find something and why well, do i put myself through that well immediately you know the the question i heard from team because i heard a week or so ago that he was not going to do the medical was like what's he hiding and the answer from the end of Caleb, and I haven't talked directly to Caleb about this. I hope to get a chance to do it tomorrow, but my understanding is the thinking would be, listen, I'm probably going number one overall. It's either the Bears or it's somebody on a short list of teams that trades up to number one to get me. Why am I going to give my private medical info to all 32 teams? There are very few players who can get away with that line of thinking. Caleb is probably in that category. You are certainly going to talk to, especially like old school scouts, who are just going to say, dude, just do the normal process. Show up to Indy, you don't even have to throw because guys don't throw all the time. But show up, do the medical, do the interviews, show up on time, don't take a private jet in. Like, just just be one of the guys. But, again, I don't know that anything Caleb Williams does or says or doesn't do or doesn't say over the next two months is going to stop him from going number one. So he's he's just looking at this from a different perspective. And I think that when you explain it as, listen, you're not getting me. You know, it's no different than Deion Sanders back in the day refusing to meet with the Giants. He's like, dude, I am not going to be there at number six or whatever they were drafting. You know, it, it's not that far off from it. And so, but we'll see. I mean, the, the pre-draft process can be really good for the Caleb Williams brand or can be potentially not as good for the Caleb Williams brand. Caleb Williams, the player, probably not impacted. Wow, that's really interesting stuff, Groats. That's a good call by you because we've been wondering, now that the dynamic has shifted with NIL and everything else, this fully empowered number one overall clear pick in this era could reset some things. So does that mean pull an agenda and try to get drafted by whichever team he wants? No, but it means some of these little things that he doesn't have to do. And, of course, you're right on cue is a texter saying forces the bears to pass on him, you know, like, so people are going to run with it no matter how small these things are. That was a great point that the NBA number yeah. one overall, right. That they don't go through any of that stuff and they haven't because it's a much more empowered situation. Correct. And it'll be interesting. And polls didn't tip his hand, but does he plan to do the full meet with Jaden Daniels? Does he plan to do the full thing with Drake may or does the film show him that Caleb is way better than those other two guys. And he just needs to do like, if Caleb passes the meet and greet portion of it, yeah. he, he doesn't even need to go down that road with the other guys. It'll be interesting to see how that ends up playing out. Yeah. And I mean, and there's always the possibility of the wild card that we always talk about. Maybe Ryan Poles has fallen in love with somebody else, or maybe he's had another quarterback in the back of his mind. I'm sure Caleb Williams has been his number one, but there's probably, you know, he's got to have a guy that 
he's has on his mind that he's considering if things were to fall through in the interview with Caleb Williams, which we don't know about right now. I will say one thing about all of this. Everything that, that Tom said makes sense. And it's probably good that it's the year 2024, because if this was the year 2030, I mean, I can't imagine what this thing becomes like five years from now when there's an elite, um, undeniable quarterback. It's probably going to be another step up. And, you know, that guy will get all the advice in the world. I do wish Caleb Williams and who knows? I mean, maybe the maybe he will have done it and maybe he will, will get some insight tomorrow when we talk to him. I, I wish he'd do the medical stuff. I mean, that's the one thing. Like, you want to skip all this other stuff because people have seen enough on tape. But the medical part of this bugs me. And as Tom was saying, I think he was saying it in this, that, you know, other, it's it's not necessarily unprecedented, but it's very rare, very rare when the players skip the medical portion, which is just a, such a huge part mm -hmm. of what goes on at the Combine. Good stuff from Mark Grody at the Combine. Before we go on to your other cuts, there's going to be, yeah. like, this kind of continuity that that happens here we're like we'll talk about a guy yesterday and then he might work out the next day did you see that our guy chop robinson who we talked about he ran a four four eight forty mark he ran yeah. a he ran a four four eight forty this is the edge rusher from penn state <laughs> same he chopped up broccoli and the 40 um today and, like, that's faster than Will Anderson last year. And I saw that his split time, the first 10 yards, is faster than any edge rusher over 250 pounds in the history of the combine. So the you fastest fastest first 10 of any edge rusher over 250. You said it yesterday, Speaks. He, you know, he's an athletic freak. He is the, the athlete of this thing. Um, you know, I've still... <laughs> I've still got Dallas Turner at the top of my board defensive end wise, but who knows? I mean, who knows what at, at the end of in the you know, next two years, which one of these guys, whether it's Chop Robinson or Jared Verse or Layatu Latu, who we heard from yesterday, one of those guys is going to sprout. Um, I'm staying, staying strong with Turner, but yeah, that was eye-opening today for sure. Well, but Chop's arms are short, and I heard that earlier in the day, and I was sad and then he's fast, and I'm happy again. But I don't know. Maybe it's better that he slides down. Danny's guy Turner is the king of the, uh, yeah, the wingspan. Yeah, the long arms. How, how has Chop Robinson so gotten into your head, Speaks? You're, you're letting the name. this man run your life. <laughs> it's the name. It's that just is. The, it's just a strong name. You're it's, right. It's fun to say Chop Robinson. It's just fun to say. <laughs> and no, oh, but, yeah, we're chopping broccoli. But I also I want our Derek Thomas, our Von Miller, our Michael oh, yeah. Parsons, like speed demon off the edge. I want that guy. Yeah. It's probably yeah, no, no doubt. Draft and, picks. And yeah. Look, the, the Montez Sweat needs a friend on that on that defensive line on the other side. So who knows, man? I mean, I, I still tend to doubt that if the Bears keep the number nine pick that they would go defensive end. I mean, on my little draft board, I did put defensive end slash wide receiver. I'm still thinking that at nine, if they stay there, I believe they're going to go wide receiver. How can they? I mean, look, if, if you're going to bring in a new quarterback and you don't want to waste like a year, like the, the rookie quarterback by year, then we're, we're, I'm expecting to see some big things on the Bears offense other than DJ Moore this year. Does Cole Komet need a friend like Montez Sweat does? I think he does, Danny. And I don't know if the Bears are going to be able to get in you know, a snag at some point in time, the top tight end in this uh, draft and Georgia tight end 
Brock Bowers, but he is an intriguing prospect for sure. 6'4", 230, so he's got the good required size at that position. 56 catches, 714 yards, 6 TDs. He had 13 DDs in his, in his rookie year. And uh, we got him talking about the Bears today. Yeah, I'm in with the Bears, and um, I'm in love watching uh, Cole Komet. I mean, he does a great job uh, in all aspects of the game, being tight end. So, yeah, it'd be exciting. Brock, to that point, uh, Luke Getze is in Las Vegas now, and he was really instrumental in helping Cole Komet. How do you feel like he could help your development as well? Yeah, I think just uh, all those guys in the next level will bring something different and uh, just be able to develop my game in new ways and uh, hopefully translate translate me and um, get me integrated into the next level. Man, a, a quick Google search shows Jets meet with him, Colts meet with him, uh, you know, Broncos meet with him, Titans meet with him, all those fan bases feverish about this guy. I mean, his athleticism and size is crazy. He's one of these new athletic freak of nature tight ends that, you know, is 250 plus, but will run a sub four five forty and can catch and can block. It's a, it's a George Kittle type of type of build and dream so he's I've seen him as high as five to to the Chargers and Sam Laporta was what fourth round yeah right yeah you know yeah and And Kittle not as fast and Kittle was fifth I mean we've seen explosive young tight ends who don't get drafted in the top 10, man. No, I mean, right. So Sam Laporta was 34, 34th pick. In oh, the okay, draft. That's, my that's bad. That's what that was. That, yeah. he, was one, he was one of the two second round picks with, okay. uh, with Branch, the safety. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, Kyle Pitts was eight. Kyle Pitts was the eighth pick. I know. You know, so there's. Is that worth it? No. So, so, so far, no, not at all. But I'm just saying, like, if, if it people. It does th- happen. It, it happens if people think that these guys are like the freak of nature. Uh, athletes. That sounded very vague in terms of his knowledge, by the way, in that second cut about like the coach that would help him out at the next level. He's like, I hope all of the coaches will be able to. Help. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he knew what he was talking about. I, <laughs> I don't either. What safeties did you like? Um, you know, one of the guys that I, I found interesting, you know, studying it up on and getting to know him a little bit today is Oregon safety, Evan Williams. And I, I'm looking at guys, I'm looking at guys that might be available to the bears in later rounds. And this is a guy who could be around in the third round, mm-hmm. but, but he played, check this out, man. This is, you talk about preparing for Caleb Williams. Of course he, he went to Evan Williams, Oregon guy played against USC this year, they beat them. But he talked about what they went through just to get ready to play USC and Caleb Williams. I think I don't have to say too much that you don't already know about that dude. I mean, he's a a special cat for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, his ability. I mean, all week preparing for that, you don't know how many scramble drills we had to do during practice. Uh, Our coach, you know, running for 30 seconds after the play, making sure we're we're covering our man downfield just because – you know, his ability to extend the play is, you know, pretty unique. And, uh, yeah, I mean, his ability to throw on the run, you know, make all the plays um, that he needs to. And, uh, I mean, he, he did it this year, you know, repeatedly. And, you know, that's definitely why he's, you know, one of the top of his class. And, uh, yeah, I mean, going against them and, you know, Brendan Rice, too, uh, in that receiving core, it was, it was a challenge. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, we were able to pull out that win. So that, that was feeling good. Man, it's it, I'm looking forward to really being able to dive in and enjoy Caleb Williams once he's here. I got to tell you. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love how Haas said it the other day. It was like, right now, 
it's polarizing. He's like, but I really think that once we get through all of this, people are going to be on board. Oh my, it's going to be hard not to. You see what Daniel Jeremiah said in the Weederer piece, and we'll get to the Dan Weederer piece, I, I, I hope, I think, sure, yeah. sometime. But yeah, it's the, um, but, but he said, you ever see Ken Griffey Jr. swing? Yeah, that was a great quote. You know, like, that is a pure swing. Mm. Watching Caleb Williams throw, you're like, that is a pure thrower. That's why I think it's an obvious move here. I think it's an obvious move, and it's not disrespectful to Justin Fields. And listen, hopefully the personal stuff, the Carl Williams stuff, and the sidelines sulking or crying in the stand, you know, hopefully that stuff isn't such a big red flag that it turns you off from the guy. But... As a football player, he seems pretty damn can't mess. Yeah, and I mean, in talking, even following up with with Evan Williams and talking to other players that have played against him, you know, I just in, in terms of prepping for him, they're like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in terms of prepping. Yeah, you do your due diligence against him, but they said sometimes he's just so creative and has all those bailout arm angles, like we see with somebody like Patrick Mahomes. I'm not necessarily ready to comp him there, but that's the fear factor you can do whatever you want to do in practice to get ready and he can undo it in a hurry and that's happened a lot in his college career bears need a free safety i'd be surprised if they draft one high but if so the kid from miami cameron kinchins is number one on uh, most of the boards that i see athletic as hell scheme versatile back-end playmaker yeah, second or third round projection, probably speaks um, you know, out of Miami, like you said. And he is, I, I, I'm always curious if these guys are looking ahead and if he's looking at the Bears situation. Cam, do you take notice of teams around the NFL at this point that have openings at safety, such as the Bears? The Bears just released Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker is the only starting safety, right? Do you think about that stuff, and what do you think about the Bears situation? You know, you, of course you probably think about the stuff, you know, probably imagine talking with your teammates, but the team, don't, whatever team grabs you, that's the team that wants you, you know, feel like you're best fit for their team, so... Know, what do you know about Eddie Jackson? How would you feel about being the guy tapped to replace him? Jack, yeah, I know him personally. He used to train um, back down in Miami. So, asked him all the details, you know, loopholes to the NFL. So, great player. Yeah, and very humble and a great person. Who's your favorite safety to watch? All time or right now? All time. Ed Reed. Yeah. I can't say really Sean Taylor. You know, it was exciting to watch. But me and him, two different players. Like, he, he's 6'3", running like a 4'3". You know, I, I ain't that. I'm more like, you know, a bit like Ed Reed. So. Yeah. How would you best describe your game? Like if a team asks you, how do you describe Cam Kitchens? How do you describe your game? Instinctual. Want to get, you know, playmaker. Man, Ed Reed's a good model. Yeah. <laughs> I always love those answers. They've never, no one's ever chosen a bad player. <laughs> and I love comps, so I, 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 I'm all here for it. But, yeah, uh, Grody, if, if he's Ed Reed, I'll take him at nine. That would be fine. <laughs> yeah. And and I have found that this generation of safeties, it's and, and ju- again, like you said, justifiably, Ed Reed is the guy. He is absolutely the guy that all of these safeties look up to. Somebody, at, God, I think it was, was it? I think it was Cam Kinchins. I got to go back and look. But one of the the guys was asked about Leroy Butler. They were like, Hey, what do you? What about Leroy Butler? Do you remember him? Nope, don't remember the guy. Then he would follow it up with Hall of Fame safety. He goes, nah, no, don't don't know who he is. Have no idea. Yeah. So Cam Kitchens, though, you know Miami, Ed Reed, Miami. So there's that too. Oh yeah, no, no, I I, I totally understand, but I think it's just funny. Like we have to take note of this generation. So like some some guys 
fall out of the purview a little bit you know like yeah like we think of Leroy Butler we know him I watched the guy play you know it took him forever to get into the Hall of Fame but he got in and now there's players that have no idea who he is so I I'm not like mad at the player I, I totally get it it's just interesting yeah you're not hating the player you're hating the game that's right Danny that's what I that's my thing yep <laughs> long time game hater <laughs> Mark <Brody. laughs> What else we got? Who else was interesting today? Yeah, one more guy. A guy who is uh, another another fifth-year starter cornerback, in this case, CB. And, I, you know, the Bears are, you know, assuming they get the – well, Jalen Johnson will be around one way or another. So, obviously, they're not going to spend big money after having drafted a cornerback last year. But Ryan Poles, you know, he's, he's talked about that as a premium position. So you never know. Would not be shocking if they grabbed another cornerback. One guy that I thought was interesting to talk to today was Boston College cornerback Elijah Jones. Again, fifth-year starter, um, five picks last year, rising up the boards a little bit. And I got him talking about college quarterbacks and professional quarterbacks today. Who was the toughest quarterback you faced this year? Jack Plummer had a game against us, man. I'm like, a lot of you. Um, it was just everything was kind of just pinpoint on money on deep balls. You know, we had a lot of times we had some busts and it was on our end. But at the end of the day, you know, when they make you pay on mistakes that you had, that's a good offense run well. I think I want to say it was about 16 for 21 with about close to 400 yards. So definitely kind of made us look bad in the back end. That's one thing that we try to just hone on is as a defense, we try to limit explosives. And that was a game we just gave up explosive X, explosive X, explosive. So I have to ask you too, what do you think about Caleb Williams when you look at him from a you know cornerback perspective and what he can do? What do you think of him? I mean, he's dynamic. I'm a guy that I like to look up at Tennessee's. I like to look at kind of like understanding raw concepts and when you can have a player that you understand that the whole read is from right to left on one play. He's rolling out right, but then he just understands that something's happening backside and can just turn, flip his hips, and just bomb it 60 yards down the field. You just can't. You can't uh, relax on any type of instance, you know. So I think he's super dynamic, man. Like, it's just hard to kind of find that kind of one swag within a quarterback where he understands who he is as a player and just doesn't really care what anyone else thinks. And on top of that, being able to believe in his abilities enough to be like, I understand where I can put the ball anywhere I want to and do it without being uncanny. Man, that's good stuff right there. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I felt like, do you, have you gotten the sense that any of these answers are like, Ah, oh, damn. Why are you asking? It's my job interview. Why are you asking about Caleb Williams? Like that guy sounded like he was like genuinely in awe of him. All of these guys are like that, Danny. You think yeah, so? Like, when, well, I mean, even the way I posed the question, I was like, ah, man, I'm sorry to do this to you. I got to ask you about. And he was like very excited to answer. And every all of these testimonials that I'm giving to you guys, when I have asked the question or any of my colleagues have asked the question, none of these guys have hesitated. I have not seen the eye roll. And I, I always worry about that as well. But no, these guys, okay. they, they just kind of shake their head. Just the way you heard the tone of Elijah Jones right there, just kind of folding their arms and just like, man, this guy is, he's something. So, and, you know, as we always say, the, the players know, man, like they, like, Forget what we're saying and the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world and Tom Pelissero and all of us, like the players, they will tell you how great a guy is. And you know, when somebody's BS and then I have yet to hear a guy who has sounded disingenuous. That's really interesting. Good job by you. And, and, and from his perspective, from that cornerback's perspective, that people are hearing him be intelligent about a quarterback. 
that as he's talking about it, he's like sure right it's all an interview yeah it's, all, it's an all an interview so you're like oh oh he gets it he gets why this quarterback is special because he's processing quickly i mean if like my god th- th- that stuff about you know that a play is supposed to go right to left from the quarterback looking at his reads and he goes right to left and then boom switches his eyes and throws it 60 yards down the field on a dime i mean that's that's the stuff you dream about, frankly. It, there's sort of this notion of from the players. Now I'm thinking about it, and it's it's almost like it's not. There's the, a not fair vibe, you know. They're like this. The, the, how how can a guy do that? No matter what we are doing to defend this man, sure. he's undoing. You know, to what we were saying earlier in, in preparing to play this man. No matter what you do, again, he can undo what you have done. Yeah, but you know, Jack Plummer got the best of them as well. <laughs> The yeah. Louisville quarterback. He was embarrassed by that. He's like, not going to lie, Jack Plummer. Somebody's got to be asking. Somebody's wondering right now if he's related to Jake Plummer, and the answer is no. The answer is no. But the answer it, is no. But, but they're like, oh, yeah, Jack Plummer got the better. Yeah. yeah. That was a old, tough day. Jack Plummer. Old Jack Plummer is not going to get drafted. Jack Plummer is going to be a uh, – he's probably going to be an undrafted free agent. Maybe the Bears will sign him. That'd be great. They don't need one. They don't even got they got a quarterback room. It's all set. QB two and QB three. Nate Peterman is QB three. Locked and loaded. Bro. Hey man, I'm I'm down with that man. Yeah, he, he seems like a good third string quarterback. Nate Peterman, good locker room guy. You got any nuggets today? Yeah, um, I was just looking back at my notes. You, uh, one of you two was saying about you know all the teams that Brock Bowers met with. Yeah, he met with 15 teams to be exact. <laughs> So a lot of interest in Brock Bowers, and those were just the formal meetings, and that was just today him telling us. So he may have even met with more teams. So and that's that's usually the way it is with these top guys. Like wow. they will, it's it, you know they will go from meeting to meeting to meeting. So it's got to be pretty exhausting. Also, the uh, Parkins said you know the comp for for Brock Bowers is definitely George Kittle, but he was asked who his favorite tight end was in this great era for tight ends. And I mean that seriously. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is his uh, absolute favorite. He's the guy that he looks up to. Caleb Williams will speak tomorrow, guys, at about 9 a.m. Also, wide receivers and running backs. So it'll be interesting to hear from the Roma Dunzes of the world and the Malik Neighborses offensive line on Saturday and tonight coming up in just a a little bit I will have a special Thursday edition of on the clock from 6 p.m to 7 p.m the guests uh, tonight uh, we will be featuring Josina Anderson from CBS the former ESPNer and Chris Sims the the former quarterback and works with pro football talk and hanging out with Mike Florio all day today as well so uh, those two will be on the show and uh, looking forward to that from six to seven tonight guys Good stuff as always, man. Thank you. Uh, I know you'll be talking. I'm off tomorrow to play hoops at the United Center, but I know that uh, Speaks will be talking to you about Caleb Williams and more. Yeah, Caleb Williams and those wide receivers should be a good day, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow, Mark. Yeah, and running backs too. If anybody cares about running backs anymore, they'll be they'll be speaking tomorrow. The poor, poor, poor running no. backs. <laughs> <laughs> they'll sign a free agent. I think they'll go for a free agent on the running backs. Oh, man. We'll yeah, see. Man, I am not that interested in the running backs. Oh, sure it's I'll, too bad. I'm sure I'll talk to a couple. I, I will definitely hang out with some of the running backs. Danny, good luck tomorrow, man. Don't kill yourself. That's the goal. That's the goal. The goal is survival. Thank you, sir. Always a good goal. See you, bye. Thanks. All right. Bye. That's Mark Grody. Oh, yeah, you mentioned the Dan Weederer piece yeah. on Caleb Williams. We can pick out anything out of that that was interesting. I had one quote uh, that jumped out for sure and some audio that I know you haven't heard about a story that we followed back in the day. Oh, yes. It's it's truly glorious. I was giggling to myself for about five minutes last night. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.